0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Ash,
1: the Wardsmith. We're talking creative empowerment, purpose, and collaborations with your feelings and your concerns be gifted be enlightened be a part of gifted autonomy Hi, everyone. It's a beautiful, albeit stormy Saturday where we are, but we're ecstatic that you decided to join us today on Gifted Autonomy, where we provide a safe space for underrepresented creatives to duly change the world by sharing their unique experiences. So today we have with us author Khadija Winter. I actually met Khadija on Instagram as a fellow author and was really blown away by her story, so, we want to welcome Khadija to the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, give us some background on the synopsis of your book and where you're from, how you grew up, really, whatever you want to share about your background with our
0: listener. So, I'm actually from Miami, Florida. I currently still reside right here with, um, you know, some of my family. Um... I have three older brothers, I'm the only girl in the last one. So of course you know I was terrorized as a child with three older brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so my book is called The Mafia Princess, it follows the story of my main protagonist, which is Angelica Ferrari, She, mm-hmm. she's a queen, and in my time she's a queen. She mm-hmm. doesn't take crap from anybody. She just wants mm-hmm. to um, succeed in a world that was solely built for men and do better than what you know the previous guys before her who was in her family has done. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That sounds very interesting. And to follow up on that in the bio you sent over... You did state that you're a fictional writer who loves pushing social norms in the stories that you create. So, can you tell us um, how you use your creative writing to challenge what we might consider a social norm?
0: So, during this writing process, or during explaining to people that, you know, I'm doing a mafia themed book, of course, the. The first thing people say was, okay, so it's surrounding uh, a white mafia family in New York. I'm like, actually, no, it's a black mafia family that's based in New York. So, which is something, you know, most people don't see. Um... (laughs) And usually when you see or come across a mafia-themed book, it's always in the male's perspective. It's always following the guy's life around. It's always showing how rough and tough they are, how they're surviving in their world that was built by a man, etc. Not trying to, you know, downplay their writing, but I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to show that there are bad ass women out there who can basically survive and thrive in a male dominated world, give you a new perspective on a mafia lifestyle so that's why it's the book is mostly in Angelica's point of view, it shows her struggles as a woman in the world but also as the princess or the daughter of a dom
1: okay I didn't hear that very last line that you said. Can you repeat it?
0: Oh, it follows her as, in her life as um, a princess, but the daughter of a dom.
1: Okay. 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 so I, I know also in your bio, you, you kind of talked about that and you talked about how your niece came to you and said you know why aren't there more women why does the is the man always being the hero Mm -hmm. and the strong defender and the guardian so is that what kind of pushed you to that initially and, and made you really start thinking about the strong female leads
0: so when she asked me this question we were watching Disney movies and it was a marathon so all of the princess movies are built the same princess mm-hmm. in trouble and male has to come and save her she now feels I don't want to say validated but it kind of feels that way because now she has this male figure that she falls in love with because he saves her mm-hmm. so her question was kind of really innocent but at the same time it made me start thinking like yeah why are all these movies A male has to come and save the woman or save the princess. Why can't the princess do anything on her own? Why isn't the princess, you know, challenging the narrative? So, even though in her mind, I'm sure, it was an innocent question, it kind of made me start thinking about... Yeah, why aren't there any princess-themed books where... The princess doesn't need saving, but saves other people.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that because a lot of the princess movies, yeah, they do kind of follow the same that same storyline.
0: Yeah, and it, it, makes it, really look, look, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it makes them look. Yeah, it makes
0: them um, look helpless. And mm-hmm. of course, as women, we know women aren't helpless. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And they aren't all, you know, the same. That's, that's like, a, yeah, <laughs>
0: know, exactly. like a
1: stereotype, you know, it, you know, different personalities, different mm-hmm. drives, you know. So I'm glad that you're showcasing that in your in your books. Thank you. You also mentioned that you want your characters to be relatable, which I know is very important. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my husband the other day about some movies um, today that have come out lately not really having the character depth. For people Mm -hmm. to actually hear about the storyline or or what's really transpiring in regard to the characters. So talk to us a little about how you develop your characters that
0: that depth. So when I first started thinking about my characters, of course, I spent most time thinking about how I wanted Angelica to be. Because I didn't want her to be, of course, rough, tough, unrelatable. I wanted her to go through struggles that regular women go through have the same thoughts or situations that regular women, you know, have. I just wanted her to be able to, of course, defend herself flawlessly. Of course, um, be able to thrive in the male-dominant world. So when I started thinking about the traits that I wanted her specifically to have, I started looking at the woman that I look up to and the reasons why. I look up to them. So, of course, the main one was my mother. She's... My mother's one tough cookie. She's, uh... (laughs) She has most of the traits that I wanted angelica to have. And, of course, she grew up in Miami. Of course, certain areas of Miami, you have to be tough. You have to be able to defend yourself. You have to be able to have a spine. Because, of course, people is going to try to talk to you any kind of way and try to pull you down. So after talking to her and going over like some of the situations she had to go through living and growing up in Miami, some of the, um, the stuff she learned along the way, my first thought was like, huh, looks like I got my main character. (laughs) And I, I went after, you know, my mother for Angelica Angelica's brother and some of the other secondary characters of course I got other inspiration around from other people that surround me so Angelica's brother Leonardo he has traits from each one of my siblings so I, I don't want to say the best traits of them in case they hear this but it's yeah, it's mostly the best traits from all of them that I admire.
1: Okay, I think it's unique that you you can draw from you know the people around you for your characters, and so they already would have that depth because you're drawing from you know inspiration from people around you. I think that's
0: cool. Can yes, you still hear me? Thank you. Okay.
1: And I see as I was going down your social media that. You do have a creative way to introduce your characters. And I just wanted, just was curious about that idea. I noticed that you had like pictures and then you had a picture and then you're introducing the character. So can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: So every Monday I try to do meet the character Monday, whether it's, you know, how I envision them to look. Or how I envision their aesthetic to be. So I kind of, I just want to make sure that you fall in love with the character before you actually read the book. So I try to include um, synopsis of what they said or line it to from a chapter, um, how I envisioned they would dress, what type of weapon I thought they would have. Um, different things so you get a glimpse into their lifestyle or who they are as a person and that way you know you know something about them before you actually grab the book and start reading okay
1: i thought that was neat and i just (laughs) was curious about it actually when i was going down your instagram
0: thank you thank you
1: so, would you consider The Mafia Princess to be a science fiction novel? Like, what genre do you
0: consider it to be in? I consider it to be young adult fiction or new adult fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's kind of, it doesn't have, it's it's mostly fiction, of course, but it it just goes into, you know, a fictional world that I created even though it has certain places like it's based in new york which is of course a real place but i try to um you know try to come up with as much as i can to build the character around you know real people or real places
1: Mm -hmm. so what are some of your favorite books or movies that you base your writing style off of, like what type of storytelling has inspired you growing up?
0: So I love fictional books growing up. Um, so my favorite was A Series of Unfortunate Events, but you know, I couldn't get through all 17 books. <laughs> I got to, I think book 14 before I couldn't find any anymore. So I didn't even get to know, you know, how the book ended. But also Cassandra Clare was one of my favorite writers. Um, Nick Stone, she's fairly new, but I love her writing. Especially how she developed her characters. I know she, she, you know, writes big with black characters um showing all black artists so I love her for that um Victoria Christopher Murray is another one who I love so I think bits and pieces of different authors that I really connected with I do like you know taking it along as tips into my writing so, okay.
1: Yeah, mine would be, I guess I would say Maya Angelo, And I know she focuses on poetry, but mm-hmm. we had like the collection of her poems. And when I was younger, I used to write a lot of poetry more so than now. Mm-hmm. But I liked how she kind of exuded like emotional storytelling through poetry. Mm-hmm. Like through one of her poems specifically called Alone. And it just basically talks about how everyone needs someone. You know, despite, you know, what the, the facade that people may be putting on that they don't need other people. And it's, it's, it's a really good poem. And that inspired me. And then I guess something kind of silly. I was watching um, Paramount, the Paramount app, and it has all, like, the little 90 shows on there. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I were watching, like, Are You Afraid mm-hmm. of the Dark recently. And I just remember, like, growing up on this show, and it has some really good, like, horror narratives in it and I'm thinking like okay now this is where I get some of the kind of unique science fiction aspects (laughs) in Mm -hmm. my book from because when you're younger you don't really know I guess where you're drawing from like subconsciously and I'm thinking yeah this definitely has something to do with (laughs) my writing
0: I think it's once you hit adulthood and you really sit back and think about you know all the stuff, whether it's books or movies that um, you read or sat through, mm-hmm. and it's then you get to think, huh? I guess I do get some of my inspiration through this piece of art or through their work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, do you think that some stories? I, I have a lot on here, but do you think that some stories nowadays rely? on shock value rather than an effective storyline like do you see any examples of that when you watch movies
0: or or books today i have seen a few where the shock the shock value is more important through than the development of the story or the characters mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which <sighs> You know that's something I just I just don't continue reading. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's it's hard. I'm not even yeah. gonna lie. It's hard when you notice, okay, this character isn't developing the way they probably should, or this character is stagnant. But there's this shock value that just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to continue a book that's like that, especially yeah. when you know that as the story goes on, a character is supposed to continue to be developed or continue to improve and move on. And I don't know, it's just hard for me to get through books that have a character stay stagnant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Because, like I, said, I was saying earlier, it makes you really kind of check out of the mm-hmm. plot and you know, if the character comes to like an unfortunate demise or if they're killed off or something, it, I mean you you're kinda indifferent <laughs> because you never got any depth from them in the first place. You don't like they don't make I, I feel like a storyteller should make you care. Yeah. Through detail through, you know, um I can use and I don't know if you watch this show, but Game of Thrones, it was a lot of like nice. secondary conversations, chatter that you don't really think is important. And it would go on for a long amount of time, but it was a build-up to something. Like, you learned something about the character.
0: Mm -hmm. And now when it comes to
1: a... When it comes to a conclusion, you actually care that this character is going through this predicament.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you feel you know, sad when they have a tragic um, issue going on with their life. You actually care about the character versus just being... I saw it coming I don't
1: (laughs) really care yeah definitely so shifting a bit tell me more about your Thick Girl Read 2 blog is that an empowerment tool for women and what does it entail and what was the inspiration behind it
0: (laughs) so the idea came um, to me actually on Facebook so there's a whole bunch of Facebook groups with, um, you know, book blogs or people recommending books or, um, you know, people asking for recommendations or where, where do you um, feel is a good book about women empowerment or, or you know, encouraging book about, um, let's say, eating disorder or something. So I noticed that a lot of book, I don't want to say book groups or book pages don't have a good recommendation list for it. And I saw a woman go in a rant about how um, she went to the store. I think it was Book a Million. She was asking a clerk about a book recommendation. And she's overweight. So the book... (laughs) The clerk was giving her books about, um, you know, portion control and eating
1: oh in
0: moderation. And I think it was one she said, Dining for Dummies, etc. So, <laughs> which isn't what she wanted. Yes. She a fictional recommendation or a fictional series. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you know, had me thinking, do people not think that thick girls read regular books so I was like huh I like the sound of that thick mm-hmm. girls read too so that's how the the idea for the blog came out um and I just want to be able to showcase a variety of book options for everyone mm-hmm. not book options that people think you need to read because of how you look but just give you a variety of options that's out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that's a shocking story. I guess it isn't shocking. More so, mm-hmm. it's disappointing that somebody would would just assume that that they were even there for that just based mm-hmm. on how they look. It's mm-hmm. terrible. I felt so sad for her. I'm like, it's just yeah. But it's it's glad. I'm glad that it happened to inspire you to create the blog. hmm Yeah. So I did I did want to touch on your publishing journey mm-hmm. as well because I saw some great marketing being done by your publisher on your social media. And I one example is I saw the raffle entry for purchasing your book. On Instagram, can mm-hmm. you speak more about your relationship with your publisher and and how has that experience been for you? Because I know some people self-publish, but I think you're one of the first um, people that went through a publisher as a guest.
0: So I partnered with New Degree Press Publishing. Mm-hmm. They, so technically, I am an indie author, which means I have to do the legwork. They just publish the book. So um and help here and there with ideas for marketing or ideas for putting um you know people getting people involved with either getting interested in the book or um wanting to learn more, etc. So we came up with the idea if you buy um if you buy a book, mostly we're trying to do um, you know, the paperbacks. If you buy a paperback book, you will do. You would, of course, get the book autographed and mailed to you. However, you will also get five tickets into the raffle that they're hosting um, to win either a flat-screen TV, an Echo Show, or an a Amazon gift card. So it's just you know trying to get more people interested, involved, and you know check out the campaign page
1: mm-hmm. that sounds like a great like incentive idea i mean who wouldn't want a flat screen tv exactly <laughs> exactly like that is probably the best marketing strategy i've heard on here <laughs> um, yeah so just following up with that what other types of marketing have you used and found to be effective
0: so, I've found the, I know we spoke about this before, Meet the Character Mondays to be effective. Um, because it piques people's interest. So, usually after I post it, someone messaged me about it or um, to tell them more about the character or have questions about the character. So, that's been really effective towards, um, you know, having someone interest peaked about my book.
1: Okay. It did pique my interest.
0: <laughs> when I there. So it was effective.
1: Yes. <laughs> it is. Um, what are some examples of good and bad experiences you've had on your writing and business journey over the years?
0: Mm. Mm. So I've had, oh, a few experiences. But most of them didn't start happening until, of course, I've put out that I'm writing a book. Um, of course, people question, oh, so it's a mafia thing. So a white mafia family. No, it's a black mafia family. Well, why would you do that? I'm like, what, you know, what do you mean? Why would you write about a a black mafia family? Why wouldn't I? Right. So I'm like, is there, is that, you know, only thing towards white families or is like that, you know, that's kind of unheard of? Mm-hmm. Well, that's generally the idea of why I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Because it's not something people, you know, see every day. Mm-hmm. So I've had that happen a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> I've had uh, someone say, there's no such thing as a black Italian family. Which again is odd. Yeah, um, very. <laughs> I mean there's plenty of Italians that are black. You know, there's no one shade fits all. Mhm. Especially in, you know, today's world. People right. are diverse and they mm-hmm. come in different shades, colors and sizes but I've also had a lot of encouraging, you know, words people say oh this is so different can't wait to read it or I've never read a book about a black Italian family etc. So it's been <laughs> an experience
1: Yeah, and and to know, something I want to say when you were just talking about people questioning the creativity of your work, I, I think that comes from a really kind of boxed in mindset that I try to like stay away from those type of people because Mm -hmm. I mean when you're creating something it's and it's your work and and your I mean you can create and that's what I want for specifically for um, African Americans I want them to be able to see themselves out of the box and that's why I wrote my last book, Autoscopy, because, well, I was already writing it, but this reinforced it. Um, we saw a interview on Breakfast Club from Erica Alexander, which is the... Lady that played Max on Living Single, the the sitcom Living Single. And she was talking about how she had provided several science fiction plots to like producers, I guess in Hollywood. And they basically told her, you know, there's no audience for this because African-Americans can't visualize themselves in the future. Like they won't be able to get out and and really accept the imaginative elements of this. So it's not going to sell basically and I just I've just been on a mission to combat that type of thinking Um, because I don't think that a culture of people should be stereotyped of course but then also boxed into only having one type of story exactly because the possibilities are endless in a story like you know even if there there wasn't you know people are questioning you about italian um, Black families, I mean, there are. But even if there wasn't, you can have a pink character if you want to. You know, exactly. want to be creative and and um, really draw people by thinking out of the box. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, agreed. And yeah, it's that's, just that's one thing my mom said to me when I was explaining to her, like, how why do people think that there is one size fit all or one color? fit all right and she was like you know if every black writer went through what you know went through what you're currently going through and decided to stop there will be no black stories there will be no black writers there will be no black artists so stuff like that's going to happen people are always going to question why you did something or why did you pick to do this instead of doing what's already been done And you you have an option to conform to their thinking or continue to do what you feel is right. Exactly.
1: And, I mean, I feel like if, if people, you know, luckily you didn't and you also had that positive reinforcement as well, but if, like you said, like your mom was saying, if people quit, you're kind of like cheating the world out of something that could have impacted somebody's life in a positive way and you know that's nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. nothing that somebody wants to do so I I totally agree um what let's see so I, I usually mostly ask this from creatives that come on the show how do you protect your peace of mind to stay in a creative zone with all of the noise in life and noise could be anything from you know if there are other adventures that you're trying to do at the same time or even the news you know just all of the chaotic things going on in the world how do you keep yourself centered and in
0: a creative space so I find that I have the most effective writing when I close myself off so when I decide okay I'm feeling inspired I want to write either a chapter or finish a chapter, then I would close myself off to the world, put my phone on silent. Um, of course, if I have family over, lock myself in a room, say I don't want to be disturbed, um, and allow myself to think and get into that mindset before writing. So that way I can just block out you know what's around me, block out the noise. I know nowadays people are saying, um, I don't know if you follow the hashtag writing community on either Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm, I don't. There's a lot of people are finding it hard to find. I don't know. I don't know if it's the inspiration to write or the stamina or the time or the space to write. So I find if I block myself out from the world, then I will be in my own little bubble, which is probably cliché to, to say, but be in my own little bubble away from the world, just me and my writing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you kind of have to do, especially in, in today's age, because um, one one author we had on here was talking about how she's an empath, and I'm kind of like that too. So she if she watches the news a lot, she really feels she, her feelings really pour into it, even though she may not know the person that is affecting. And that can impact you know your ability to create and, and focus. And so I can see, like you were saying with the hashtag, why writers may be finding difficulty to do that. Um, you know, get into that space because I mean. I know with myself, I to write my book, I had to. You really, literally, have to be away from everything because I feel like in order to be able to detail certain environments in the book, or I really have to get into the the character. Like I have to physically, like an actress, see myself as this character, um, and I can't do that with a lot going on around me. So, like you were saying, I think most you know, writers would have to basically go into their own little bubble or kind of isolate themselves in order to um, to get a, a good creative project out. So mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's the easiest way to make sure that your surroundings isn't affecting your writing. Mm-hmm. Like you are able to put out the best work that you know you can do without being weighed down with what's happening around you it's kind of like right. leave it at the door and just <laughs> go into your, your bubble or yourself and just you know do your writing mm-hmm.
1: yeah, definitely so what's one thing that you would like our audience to know about you and your work like what's one thing you really want to leave
0: with them Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I want them to know that I hope my work allows them to, I don't want to say question things, but specifically women, I want them to know that you can do anything. Don't let stereotypes or how someone perceives you to be or how someone thinks you should act, be, you know, affect how you want to be. You can do anything. You can be anything. You can take advantage of every opportunity that's out there for you. But I want them to think that, of course, there's different, there's different definitions of what it's like being a princess. And Angelica showcases that, obviously, with her gun-toting, knife-throwing personality. That's what I hope you know resonates with my readers. Okay,
1: okay. And and you saying that I'm I'm sitting here imagining it like on film. Have you ever? Have you thought about you know a film being made from your from your novel?
0: thought about it that's kind of like uh I've done it on one of my meet the character Mondays a few of them um I did a QA and a on Instagram and someone asked me well if the mafia princess gets developed into a movie or a show who would you want to play the character or who's the closest so I've done that um you know in the past Showing who I, who I thought would be good, or who I thought would be interesting to play the part of um, all of the characters.
1: Okay, did you put it on social media?
0: Oh yes, it's on. Um, okay. My Instagram. I want to
1: look at it. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now,
1: but it, it sounds like a, a really in- exciting novel, and I like that you kind of gone against the grain and really, you know, have used your creative expression to create all Mm -hmm. new characters and and new environments. And hopefully it'll draw, you know, a new crowd, you know, continue to draw a new crowd. So Mm -hmm. that like I was saying, African-Americans can see themselves more in in those type of of Mm -hmm. characters or roles. So, Our final question I have is how can listeners find your work?
0: So right now I have a pre-sale campaign that's launched by me and my publisher. So if you go to my Instagram, which is underscore underscore why did I say that? It's underscore Khadija Winter Author on Instagram. Go to my bio, there's a link to the campaign um, where you can buy a pre-sale, you know, paperback or an ebook. And of course, buying that, like we mentioned before, you'll be put into the raffle, but also you will have your book mailed to you that's personally autographed by me with a thank you letter, etc.
1: Okay. (laughs) Hopefully, everybody got that down. And that (laughs) raffle is is very exciting. Like, I think that's really gonna. (laughs) Yeah. And they can get a a great story out of it as well. So it's a win-win, sounds like. (laughs) But I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. You know, I reached out to you on Instagram because I I was interested in what you were doing on social media. And I've really enjoyed speaking with you today. And hopefully our listeners have as well. Thank you. It's
0: been great talking to you today.
1: (laughs) So... I do want to throw out a couple of housekeeping things before we go. Mm-hmm. Like I said I, I do and I, I do thank everyone for joining us today. Um, you can email me at ashley, the letter N, media at gmail.com if you like to be featured on the show. Our interviews are always recorded on Saturdays for your convenience. And as always, please hit the subscribe button for us in the Apple Podcast store and follow us on Spotify. And leave a review as well. You can also find more information about the show at A N Media on Facebook, Ashley N Media on Twitter, and Ash the Wordsmith on Instagram. Also, if you're into a science fiction plot with a bit of time travel and purpose, head over to Barnes and Noble online <clears throat> and purchase my second novel entitled Autoscopy. And until next time, guys, we'll be signing out from Gifted Autonomy. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.